Welcome to the Blissing Out podcast. My name is Katie Benford, and I'm the founder of the spiritual development brand, Blissing Out. I'm a women's embodiment coach, as well as a master manifestation coach, and it is my soul's mission to help as many women as I can become the most blissed out version of themselves. My intent with this podcast is to help you step into your internal abundance, manifest your craziest desires, and inspire you to take the very first steps into your dream life. Consider this podcast to be your weekly dose of spirituality, motivation, manifestation tips and tricks, mindset hacks, and so much more. I am so excited to be going on this journey with you to help you realize the infinite power that is already within you. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and let's create some bliss together. Hello, you beautiful Blissing Out babes. I am so excited that you press play today. Welcome back to the Blissing Out podcast. I am so happy that I am here talking about this subject today, and boy, do I have an episode for you. I am going to be diving deep into how to attract a specific person into your life. And this can be used for, I'm going to give you my process of how I've had this happen in my life before. Um, And this can be used for your ideal soulmate. This can be used for your ideal friend group. This can be used for any other type of person, your ideal boss, um, any other type or type of person that you are interested in attracting into your life on a specific level. So Just get ready for this because there is a lot of misunderstanding around how to attract a specific person. People get confused because everyone lives on their own free will. So how can we actually, you know, have someone come into our life or make someone come into our life? However, when you embody the version of a person that you want to attract into your life, you are able to match that energy, therefore attract them into your life. So... Um, thank you so much again for pressing play today. I'm just so excited about this subject because I'm actually going through this as we speak and I'm doing this to manifest, um, and make room for and debunk all of my limiting beliefs surrounding relationships. And I'm actually manifesting my life partner to come into my life as we speak. So it's a really exciting time in my life because I'm really making room for this and, Um, I really, truly cannot wait to discuss this topic and give you my methods for manifesting a specific person into your life because, again, I'm going through my own process right now and I just cannot tell you how much more uplifted, at ease, content, um, surrendered, and just all the good vibes um, that I have felt while going through it. So just to start off, I just want to explain a few things that are extremely important in understanding how we can manifest a specific person into our life. Um, First... So the intention behind wanting to manifest your soulmate needs to be coming from a place of abundance and not lack. And I know this is something I speak on so often, but it begs the question why I speak on it so often. Um, It's because you have to be content first in being alone and actually feel at peace being alone before you're actually going to manifest a relationship that is equivalent with what you dream of. And the reason being is because A lot of times what I see women and men doing is searching for a person because they believe that this person is going to fill some void and this person is going to bring them the level of happiness that they are seeking. And I'm not sitting here telling you that a relationship cannot bring you happiness. However, it should not, your happiness should not be contingent upon a relationship. 
And the difference is, is that happiness is a state, so it can be created at any time. However, when you view happiness as a destination and a place that you're going to get once you receive blank, once you receive your soulmate, you are going to continue to crave that happiness even if a person comes into your life that you consider your soulmate. Happiness is created from within. And so that is my first piece of advice when you are going to manifest your soulmate, your dream friends, your dream boss, whoever it is that you're trying to manifest into your life, you really need to make sure that you have created happiness from within yourself first before you add that other person into your life. Because when you when you place so much pressure on someone to make you happy, every, every single person would fall up short in that, in that um, manner. Because again, happiness is created. It's not a destination. It's not a person. It's not a thing. It's a state. And it's always created from within first. Otherwise, the things that you receive in life, if you haven't created that happiness from within first, all of those things are going to fall up short. And they might please you for a little bit, but most of the time they are going to fall up short. So second um, point here is that, oh, I actually just, I just went over, I went off on a tangent and I covered the second one. You can't be seeking happiness for manifesting your dream soulmate. Um, You have to be seeking happiness from within, like I said, and you can't be relying on this relationship to bring you the happiness that you desire. So I will just go right over that one because I already covered it on my tangent. But um, the last one is going to be You must be willing to look at yourself and look at some not so fun parts of yourself in order to call in the stream person. Because like I said, when we crave, when we are craving a trait in someone else or craving a behavior in someone else, it is because we are lacking that same trait or lacking that same behavior within ourself. And so when we are wanting this trait, we say we are, you know, wanting someone who is hardworking and we really are craving a man or a woman who is just as hardworking as we think we are and we want someone. Most of the time there's an area of our life that we are not being as hardworking as we desire and so we're searching for it in someone else. And so when we actually look within and say, okay, what areas of my life am I not really working as hard as I should be? And it's not because it's your fault. But it's also because there's a piece of you that is basically or has become a mask over your hardworking trait. It's already inherent within you or else you wouldn't be able to seek it in somebody else. So when you have a mask over that hardworking trait of your own, you're going to try to find it in someone else. And so what you do in order to even find it in someone else, you lift up that mask, you lift up the veil and you really get to the, the reasons behind why you have become not so hardworking. And it could be because maybe you had a boss that was really shitty in the past. Or maybe you had someone tell you that your work was really terrible. And so now you don't want to put yourself out there and really be that hardworking person that you know you inherently are. Um, so the goal is with this, with this last piece of advice is you're really going to have to dig deep in some of the areas of your life. But I want to preface this entire episode with... Everything that you seek in someone else is already inherent within you, which is why you seek it. Because our our 
external reality is a mirror of our internal reality. So in order for you to, you to desire a trait in someone else or desire a specific person, that means that it's already inherent with you or within you. And so you need to just lift the veil and be able to really harness all of those traits within yourself first. And then you're going to call in that dream soulmate, dream friend, dream boss, because it's already within you and we attract who we are. So the first aspect of manifesting your soulmate I like to begin with is making room for your soulmate to manifest into your physical reality because we really need to make physical room for this person to come into our life. So this is something that I actually learned from my therapist a while back and I have been able to relate it to my manifestation because the universe abhors a vacuum. And the way that this made sense to me is that the universe hates empty space. It hates it. So what happens when we remove the shitty things from our lives and we remove the negative negativity from our lives? The universe wants to fill it with the opposite. It wants to fill it with the positive. It wants to fill it with, you know, the good things that you're seeking because you've removed the negative. You can't occupy a filled space. So you have to remove whatever you're holding on to from past relationships, past jobs, past friendships in order to call in that dream person into your life. And this goes for a few different, um, like I mean a literal meaning, theoretical, mental, spiritual. I mean so many different meanings when I say make room. And the first one is to make room physically. And something that I did when I was really grieving my last relationship and going through the healing phases of that relationship was getting rid of old sentimental things and getting rid of things that I still had an attachment to because what that was doing, oops, sorry, <laughs> my phone just went off. Um, but what that was doing for me and the only thing it was doing for me was it was clogging up my energetic field to call somebody else in and what my therapist said to me I I had these I had these pieces of things that um he my ex had sent me and I was holding on to them for memory's sake and my therapist was like why are you holding on to these things and I said well you know maybe when I'm older I want to look back and just see where I was at at that point in my life and and really understand where I was and you know I said I just I don't want to get rid of it because I just don't, I don't, I don't want to regret throwing it away. And she kind of let me sit there with that thought. And then I said, no, I actually, I'm holding on to it. I'm holding on to it because I'm holding on to hope that whatever these things that he said to me, they were letters and and whatever these things he had said to me were false hope almost like this was going to happen. And so I was holding on to these, this false hope that it was going to happen. Um, and so what I had to do was I really had to make the decision, okay, am I more happy holding on to these letters and looking at them every day and becoming sad about the words that he had said that never happened and didn't come true? Or would I be more happy letting it go and inviting someone into my life that would make those things happen and would fulfill that need for me that I, you know, I really like needed more communication. I needed more trust. You know, would it be more useful for me 
to hold on to the letters, continue to hurt myself over them, or really take a look at how I could be more communicative and be more trusting, and then ultimately attract another person that has those those same qualities that I have into my life. And so what she said to me was like, I'm so happy you came to that conclusion because you were blocking yourself from meeting someone else by holding on to this because it's clogging up your energy. And it's, it's, you're basically holding on to this old stagnant energy and it's blocking your, your ability for your mind to see the other options that are out there because your mind is just looking for evidence of how this was going to happen for you. So my point being is when you make room physically, you get rid of the old stuff that has emotion attached to it. Um, you get rid of the things that remind you of them and that kind of like bring you back to that old place of hurt if you had a negative experience within a relationship. If you had a positive experience and and you don't feel that way and you don't feel like you're, you're holding on to emotion by holding on to these things, then by all means, keep the things that mean you know, or that you're holding on to. But most of the time we're holding on to things because we're holding on to that part of ourselves that wanted something so badly that it didn't work out. So my first, my first piece of advice is to get rid of the old stuff that has emotion attached to it as this is what I have done. And I'm telling you, it has made me feel so much lighter, so much more open, so much more forgiving. Um, which brings me to my next point actually, which was a nice little segue there. Um, make room in your heart. You have to make room in your heart. And this is a lot of the part, or this is a lot of the, I guess, yeah, the part of this that people don't realize is that when we hold on to anger and hurt and pain from something that happened in the past, we are also blocking ourselves from anything new that's of the opposite of that to come into our lives. So what I mean by that is, when you are partaking in, an, in a negative emotion, it is impossible for our minds to also focus on a positive emotion. So the neurotransmitters are only able to pick up on one emotion at a time. And so when you're focusing on something and you're pissed off, you're frustrated, you're like, seriously, fuck this person. I can't even handle this person anymore. And you're angry at them and you're in pain and you're hurt. You can't also say... I'm really pissed off right now, but I'm also optimistic that there's going to be someone else out there for me because your neurotransmitters can literally only pick up on one emotion. And so what that emotion will do, that negative emotion becomes your vibration. And then your vibration is ultimately what's going to call in the people that are coming into your life, the people, the situations, the things. So in this case, we're focusing on people. So if you're living from an angry state, you're living from a frustrated state, you're going to you're going to connect with people that are on that same level because your mind literally can't pick up on any other type of person. Your mind is only going to pick up on the information that that emotion um or that supports that emotion. So, in order to change that, you must make room in your heart. You have to forgive when you haven't even received an apology. You have to forgive, and it's some of the hardest work that has to be done and it's really difficult sometimes to not only forgive the person sometimes that's the easy part sometimes you're like yeah sure I forgive them whatever I'm not holding on to shit but most of the time the hardest part is forgiving yourself for putting up with it for so long and forgiving yourself for dealing with a situation that you knew wasn't going to work out or you knew wasn't good enough 
for what you really wanted out of life and you dealt with it for so long that it's really hard for you to sit there and say, you know what? I was doing the very best that I could with the resources that I had available to me at the time. And I forgive myself for this situation. I, I allow myself to love myself regardless of what I was going through at that current point in time. And the, the level of standards, I allow myself now to raise my standards to that that I deserve. And I forgive myself for having the standards that I had set at that time in my life. I was doing the very best that I could. And when you live from that place, you, you take so much pressure off of yourself to be perfect because ultimately things are going to happen in your life where they are less than perfect. However, you are still a perfect divine being having a human experience. And those situations are essential for your growth. And if we didn't have situations like these that were negative in relationships, whether it be a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a boss, you would have no room for growth and life would be so boring. Like if you can just imagine, what if you didn't have any trials or tribulations? What if life was just smooth sailing all the time and you just, you never really grew. You just kind of stayed exactly where you were and you just never had any issues. It was just, oh, okay. This day turned out exactly how I thought it was going to turn out. And I got exactly what I wanted every second of every day. It's like, it sounds great in theory, but we would be so fucking bored. We would be bored out of our minds. So the key here is to really understand that these setbacks, quote unquote setbacks, that we experience in relationships are really a chance for us to heal a part of ourselves that is begging to be noticed. So that's the place that you need to live from and really forgive yourself for going through what you went through and really just allow yourself to be in that moment and give yourself a hug in that moment. So the second, I'm sorry, the third part of this, and my chair is very squeaky, so I apologize for that. But um, the third part in this is to make room in your space. And this is probably the most obvious, but what we should do when we're trying to manifest um, a dream soulmate or a dream friend or a dream boss, whoever it may be, what we should do is make room in our space. So the main one that this one really resonates with me is when you're trying to manifest a dream soulmate and you need to make room in your space. So maybe that means you clear off a side of your vanity or you clear out a drawer for them. Um, you clear out, you know, a space in your closet. If you live alone and you, you know, at some point want to live with this person, you clear out a space in your closet. The universe abhors a vacuum. And so when we clear out space, it literally has to fill it up. And if you put your intention on, okay, this space is for my partner and I'm clearing this space specifically for my partner, universe, please help me fill this space with things from my partner. And that is the most powerful thing that you can do because it shows the universe that you're serious. It shows the universe that you are ready. It shows the universe that you are grateful for this dream person to come into your life. Because you say, universe, I'm grateful I have this extra space. Now, please help me fill it by giving me my dream boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whoever it may be. So 
The second step in my process is to write down all of your best qualities and why these are beneficial to your soulmate. And so this is where we get really cool. Like this is a really cool step in the process because it gives us the opportunity to really sit down with our strengths and admire ourselves, which is something that society teaches us not to do. Um, when we admire ourselves and we, when we clap for ourselves, it can be deemed conceited, cocky, you know, just downright gauche. I mean, it just it can be deemed so many different things. However, when you really sit down and you write down all your best qualities and, and, and sit there and just admire yourself, you raise your frequency because you're grateful for the gifts that the universe gave you. And gratitude and appreciation of yourself is the highest frequency there is. The highest in the universe is self-appreciation and self-gratitude. Being grateful for your gifts and being grateful for all of the things that the universe gave you, good or bad, no matter what, is the highest frequency. And that is the frequency where you, if you live from that place, you are going to see your life transform. And you're going to see your life, you're going to, you are going to manifest things into your life by chance. And you're going to be like, what the hell? How did I even manifest this? I don't even know how this happened. And when you live from that place, that's when the magic happens. So first step, write down why you're worthy of love and write, write down um, the ways that you are capable of showing love. If you're having trouble with this question, because sometimes when we're in a place where we feel very disconnected from our soul and from our intuition and from the universe, it can be really hard to pull like, okay, why am I worthy of love? Actually, I don't even feel worthy of love right now. And when this happens, I want you to really take a step back. Take a step back and close your eyes and This is something I learned from my coach, Emily, um, Manifesting Junkie. She tells me to take a step back, close your eyes, and really remember the first time when you felt unworthy of love. And you need to really just sit there and close your eyes and take a deep breath and really remember the first time you felt unworthy of love. Was it when you were in middle school? high school, when you were a child, when you were in college, target that one memory and bring it to the surface and really sit there with it and look at that version of yourself and tell her or him it is okay. You are safe and that you are worthy. No matter how another person made you feel, that is a reflection of them, not you. That is a reflection of their own shit that they need to work through and heal It has absolutely nothing to do with you and that you have permission to ignore it and move forward. And when you go back to that that version of yourself and you give that version of yourself a hug and you tell that version of yourself, it's okay, you are safe, you're going to get through this and you are going to come out stronger on the other side because of this. You're going to become more in tune with your intuition and your kindness because of the situation. You take back your power. And it's so powerful. When she first did that with me, I was like, what? This is available to me? I can actually go back to that memory and work through it again. And I can work through that memory a second time and really do it differently. And instead of sitting there and and believing what that person said, you realize that person has their own shit that they're dealing with internally. And everything that somebody else does to you that's negative is a reflection of their own shit, number one. And number two 
It is a chance for you, if you become triggered by that thing, it's a chance for you to also heal a part of yourself. And it's a chance for further expansion within yourself. And if when you live from that place, it's much more powerful than this person said, I'm not worthy, I must not be worthy. You sit here and say, this person said, I'm not worthy, but you know what? That's a reflection of them, not me. And I, don't, I choose not to believe this as my truth. I choose to believe the opposite, that I'm always worthy and I love myself. So I want you to do that if you're feeling hard. If this is hard for you to come up with reasons why you're worthy of love, you need to sit with yourself and bring that memory of the first time that you felt unworthy to the surface and work through it and tell yourself at that age, it's going to be okay. So, and the ways that you are capable of showing love. So if you are really good at cooking. Let's just say that's one of your best qualities. You're really good at cooking. How can you show love that relates to cooking? You can make them dinner. Cooking is one of the best ways to show love. If you really love someone and you make them dinner, it's one of the best ways to show appreciation. And so when you really harness your gifts and you say, okay, you know what? One of my best gifts is that I am really, really, really compassionate. How can you show love in that way? How can you show love using that quality in yourself? You can show love by being there when they had a hard day. You can show love by telling them how much you love them because you're so compassionate that you can feel that. And the the point of doing this and the point of really writing down these things is, is to, again, celebrate yourself and celebrate the amazing person that you are because that is the most important step in attracting your your dream soulmate, friend, boss, whoever, is knowing how amazing you are because that's going to reflect into your external reality. Therefore, you're going to be able to attract that person into your life so much easier. So the second thing I want you to write down is what you love about your body. And this one is so triggering for most people. And I'm going to say, I'm not just going to say that it's triggering mostly for women, Um, Because I know that men get triggered about body image as well. And I am not naive to that. I know that men also have their own um, struggles and challenges within the media that, you know, if you don't have a six pack, you're not desirable, which is not true. But men have their own issues. But for the purpose of this, I really want to focus on women because we are almost sold within society to hate our bodies and we are almost sold within our body to hate ourselves and it's so profitable for um, companies to do this to us and so I really want to clear up any confusion when it comes to this because you can love something about your body that society might not deem acceptable and I want to tell you that if you love that thing it's fucking okay and you are allowed to and the way that we are conditioned to really think, oh my God, I have stretch marks. I'm not desirable. Oh my God, I have cellulite. I can't believe anybody would even want to think about touching me. This is all a way for these companies to make money. And you have to remember that. When you take yourself out of it and you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take myself out of the situation. I'm going to look at a girl or a woman who is struggling with body image and I'm going to look at all the companies within society that really make money and profit off of this internal struggle that this woman has. And I want you to take yourself out of it next time because your body is perfect the way it is. It is divine, perfect. I mean, just 
perfect. It doesn't matter. And I'm not sitting here telling you that I've never struggled with body image, that I don't struggle with body image until this day, because again, I am still a human and I'm still here having a human experience. So some days, yeah, do I think my jawline could be more, you know, I don't know, chiseled? (laughs) Do I think that my stomach fat is, you know, gross? Absolutely. I still have those days. However, I make it a point to look at myself in the mirror every day and say, you know what? My body does amazing things for me every day. And it does things that I can't even fathom doing on a conscious level. So I celebrate it. No matter the cellulite, no matter the the double chin, no matter the stretch marks, celebrate it because your body does so many amazing things. If you think about it this way, the amount of things that our body does on a subconscious level. Okay, think about it this way. Have you ever had to, when you are just walking around your apartment, Let's say you want to go in and get a glass of water from the fridge. You're sitting on the couch. You want to go get a glass of water. What do you do? You get up, you go do it, right? No issues. Maybe a little bit of effort on your end, but you ultimately can do it with ease. Do you know the amount of systems that are in place in your subconscious mind that help you get from that couch to getting your glass of water to back to the couch? Like your subconscious is making your heartbeat, making you breathe, making your legs move, making your muscles contract, making everything work for you to where you don't even have to consciously think about it. Like how amazing is that? That is the shit that your body does that is just like, I mean, it's, it's unfathomable when you really think about it. So the reason why I tell you to write down what you love about your body, dig deep, fuck what society says. Tell yourself what you love about your body. Tell yourself. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be your fingernails. Seriously, write it down. I want you to write it down because we need to begin as women celebrating our bodies because when we band together as a woman or as women and say, my body is perfect no matter what, the stigma of having any type of imperfection becomes abolished. So that's the place that we need to get to. And the more women who jump on the bandwagon of, I don't care if I have cellulite, I'm still beautiful. The more the collective consciousness comes to the same realization and we take back our power. So (laughs) just remember that. That is my number one tip in this. And I want to say that lightly because, you know, I know that it's a tough subject, but I'm telling you, The amount of work that I've done on loving myself and loving my body, even though it's nowhere near perfect, has been some of the most rewarding work I have done on myself. Because when I wake up and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I love my body right now. I love it. And I still have those imperfections. I'm like, damn, that's freaking empowering. And that is just so uplifting. So number one advice, piece of advice, women and men, love your body. So the last thing in this step is to write down how, to, how you plan to use your qualities in a relationship. So this is an example. And I think I gave you this earlier, but I'm going to repeat it because it's important. <laughs> so if you're compassionate, if that's one of your best qualities, if that is one of your absolute best qualities, you love that quality, that you're so compassionate, um, will you help console them when they're going through a hard time? Like, like I said earlier, I mean, are you going to, how can you really use that quality to your advantage? It's something that is so important to really understand what our strengths add to a relationship and how we really 
how we show up in a relationship and why we are worthy of a relationship because we have all of these qualities that are beneficial to another person. And when you sit with that, your standards raise, right? You start to say, you know what? I'm a fucking catch. I have all of these amazing qualities. Why am I, why am I sitting here saying that, well, I'll just take anyone who comes by even if, you know, they are mean to me, they don't treat me right, they hate my family, whatever it is. Start raising your standards and saying, I have so many things to offer within a relationship. Look at all these things I can do with all of my best qualities. I can do so many things. The person that gets to be with me is lucky, and I know that, and I'm worthy of that. So when you do that and you really sit with those, it's, it's, really, it's really empowering because if you sit there and say, you know what, I'm, really cre- I'm a creative person. I'm very creative. How would I use that in a date or in a relationship? Would I really create some like fun dates for this person? Like I could really create some really cool dates. And it's like, it's also a visualization aspect, right? So you start to think, oh my God, what are the dates that I could do? I could like get, you know, create a scavenger hunt and make this a really fun date for him or her and whatever it may be. So it also serves as a visualization process. Um, when you start to really think about, okay, I have this great quality, how would I use it? So the third step, and this one is probably the most fun. (laughs) And I love this step because you really get to start to dream about this perfect person in your life. So it is to write down the specific qualities of what you want in a partner. And this is something that can be triggering for some people because, you know, they say, well, or society tells us, not they, society tells us that we need to sacrifice certain things for, the, for a relationship, right? So they can say, well, you can't have beauty and brains. You can't have, you know, age or looks fade. So you might as well just marry someone who makes you happy. Who says we can't have both? Why can't we have a partner who's sexy as hell and makes us like ridiculously happy? It's a belief system that we are fed when we are younger. And so it's integrated into our subconscious and it tells us in adulthood, well, you know, this person's really attractive, but they don't have a job nor a car and they're mean to me, but they're really attractive. So I might as well just sacrifice all the other things just to get the attraction or the opposite. God, this person's really stable, has a great car, great job, great family life, all these things, but I'm not attracted to them. Well, shit, I'll just, you know, I'll sacrifice the looks and I'll just, all the other things are great, so whatever. Why can't we have both is my thing. And we can have both. And it's a belief system. If you believe you can't have both in a partner, you are absolutely right. Likewise, if you believe you can have both in a partner, you are absolutely right. And the person that you receive into your life for a relationship is going to reflect that of your belief. And so the, the, the key here and the, the process here is there are no limits. Whatever you tell the universe and whatever you believe to be true and possible is what you will be able to manifest. Period. End of story. That's it. So when we write down the specific qualities of what you want in a partner. I'm not just sitting here talking about characteristics or personality traits. I'm talking everything. What color is his or her hair? How tall are they? Are they kind? Are they secure? 
What type of job do they have? How do they treat you? Are they generous? Do they have a good family life? Are they humble? I mean, you get the point here, but the trick is to get as specific as possible. And again, this is not supposed to be stressful. It's not like you're supposed to sit there and try to visualize your dream partner and you're like, shit, I don't know what color car he has. Oh my God, I, don't, I can't figure out what color car he has. It's not going to manifest. No, just sit there and have fun with this dream. Just think, if you lived in your perfect reality, like your most perfect, divine, blissed out reality, what would your partner look like? What would he say? How would he hold your hand? What types of dates would he take you on? What kinds of gifts would he get you? Dream big. There are literally no limits. So dream big. And when you're doing this, um, dream while you do it. I mean, physically daydream. Sit there and be like, oh my God, this is going to be so amazing. This is so amazing that I'm able to just like create this person um, and imagine what it will feel like to find a partner with all of your desired qualities. I mean, all of them. Now, now that we led with the fun stuff, <laughs> we're going to end it here with the not so fun stuff. Um, and th- again, this isn't a part that's like supposed to stress you out either. This is just a part of being really honest with yourself. So you really need the last step in this process and something that I've done multiple times in my life. And again, never gets easier. <laughs> it's a little hard to do, but you really need to look at the qualities that you desire in someone that you're lacking in yourself. And what I mean by that, when we, you know, go seeking something from someone else, you are typically lacking that same something within yourself. But here's the good news. That quality is already inherent within you. And that quality already exists within you. But again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast episode, it has been suppressed by pain or limiting beliefs that are acting as a veil over that quality. So what you need to do in order to bring this to the surface is you need to look at each quality in depth. For example, if, like I said earlier, I'm going to use the same example just for, you know, the simple nature of it. If you're looking for someone who's really hardworking, then you need to see which areas of your life you have not been as hardworking as you should have been or as you wanted to be. So is it in your relationships? Is it in your work? Is it in your business? Fun? You know, because you can be hardworking and fun. Sometimes people, you know, think like, oh, I don't need to have fun. You can be hardworking and fun. You can have fun while still being hardworking. And when you figure out which area you know, that you're lacking, you break down why you've been lacking in that area. So maybe if you need to be more hardworking in your life, again, maybe you had a boss that treated you like shit, or maybe you had someone that really told you that all of your work was sucked and it was just terrible and that you shouldn't even try because you're a terrible person. And now you're like, well, why would I even be hardworking if I keep putting all this effort in and I'm not getting any recognition or acknowledgement from people? And I'm telling you this not to punish you. I'm not sitting here telling you to sulk in your bad qualities because these aren't bad qualities that you're not hardworking. You are hardworking, but you have been diminished. That trait has been put out. That light has been put out in you by some reason, either pain, heartbreak, suffering, trauma, whatever it is, that trait still exists within you or else you wouldn't even be able to desire it in someone else. 
And I'm going to let that hit for a second because I really want you to think about this. How would you even be able to conjure up a desire like, I want someone who's hardworking, if you have never experienced it yourself? How would that be possible? If you haven't experienced something, are you able to really even imagine what it's like to have that in your life? Can you really sit there and say, I know exactly what that would be like in my life if I had it? No, you wouldn't because you have never experienced it. So because you want someone who's hardworking, you have the trait within you. Again, there's a veil over it right now. And it's about lifting that veil to expose it because again, we attract who we are. And so if we lift that veil up and say, you know what, I'm going to heal this part of myself. I'm going to really work through this part of myself where people told me my work wasn't good enough so I can become the hardworking person again. That way I can attract that into my life as well. And something that I really, really, really learned recently from my coach, Emily, again, manifesting junkie. She's a badass. I love her. Um, But is that when we're constantly telling ourselves that there's something that needs to be quote unquote healed and that we never stop healing. And honestly, when I told her that I'm, I I think I said to her, I'm always going to be healing though. You know, like, I mean, I'm never going to get to the place where I'm just hundred percent healed and I never have to do anything ever again. And she's like, she called me the F out guys. She was like, why? And I'm like, well, I mean, because that's just how it is. Like, that's just how it is. Sorry, my phone went off again. Um, But, you know, that's just how it is. And in order for me to really feel a certain way, like, I have to heal that part of myself. And she's like, you know what? It's It's a trick of the ego. It's our ego. When we, when we tell ourselves, well, I'm always going to be healing. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be enough as I am. I always have to heal. It's the trick of the ego. It's our ego getting off on the attention that we're feeding it. And it's our ego saying, you know what? You're never going to be good enough. You're always going to have to heal. So why even try? However, what I kind of have integrated into this thought is that I believe implementing the same traits in yourself that you look for in others is important to attract your soulmate or your soulmate boss or your soulmate friend because it's not about necessarily healing the negative traits. It's about bringing forward who you always were and remembering it. And the reason why we forget is because, again, we have situations. This is a human experience. We're going to have situations that suppress certain qualities within ourselves that we need to bring to the surface again. It's not about healing. It's about remembering who the hell you are. That's the key. This whole healing journey, self-development journey, spiritual journey is not about healing. It's about remembering. It's about remembering who you are. It has nothing to do with fixing you or solving you or healing you. It's about remembering you and remembering who your soul is and who that perfect divine being is within you that's what it's about and I want you to always remember that you are a perfect divine being spiritual being having a human experience 
And part of that human experience is to experience every emotion, not just the good ones. And that's another common misconception within manifestation is that you have to be happy all the time. You don't. You just need to live as a human and experience all emotions and just remember the spiritual, amazing, divine, perfect, brilliant being that you are. So this one was so fun for me. I'm so excited that I got to discuss this and I really hope it resonated with you and I hope that you got something out of this. I really, really know that these tips have made such a dramatic change in my life and I cannot wait to hear how this implements in your life and how it really resonates with you. So with that being said, if you enjoyed this, please feel free to share it on your story on Instagram and and tag me, share it with a friend that you think would benefit from it, share it with anybody that you think would love this episode. And feel free to leave me a review if you really enjoyed this podcast. Please leave me a review down at the bottom. It would mean the world to me. Um, And again, the next podcast I have planned for you guys is more on that little segment that I did about the neurotransmitters and only being able to live from one emotion. I'm going to dive deep into that in the next episode and I cannot wait to talk about it because it's so empowering once you understand the science behind the mind and really understanding how it works and how our vibration and frequency works because it's so interesting. So thank you guys so much again for pressing play today and I will look forward to talking to you guys on the next podcast. Go create some bliss. Thank you so much for listening to the Blissing Out podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear about it. Please leave a review below about something you learned. Hit subscribe. And as always, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Blog. I look forward to your next time tuning in. Spread light.